Hi, everyone, and welcome to the place where we discuss all things communication. This is Guide to Awesomeness, powered by Coldwell Banker, Ronan Realty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Guide to Awesomeness with me, your host, Jonah Brandridge. Today, I am talking with an old friend of mine. She's the uh, founder of Imagine Media, a design and branding agency that pushes the boundaries of creativity through enchanting design and emboldening guidance. She recently also founded a project called All Who Seek Happiness, with the goal of finding fulfillment through wellness in all ways a project supported by her background and education in the wellness industry. My friend's name is Heidi Hoffman. I've known her since I was, oh God, 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. We've been friends since we were kids and uh, we finally got to touch base again and I'm really glad to have her on the podcast and thank you for joining me today, Heidi. Thanks for having me, Jonah. It's good to see you again. You too. Just to get things started so that we have a better understanding of who you are, Why did you decide to get into a digital marketing consultant sort of field? It's kind of more of a circumstantial thing rather than uh, an intentional thing. So um, you mentioned I have a background in health and wellness, and that's how I started. My education was to become a personal trainer and a nutritionist. And I did that for a few years, loved it. No, let me correct that. I love the field and I love the knowledge of it. But being a female in the fitness industry came with its own Uh, a bucket of problems. So circumstances changed and I ended up looking for online work just because of where I was in my life. And I came across a company that was doing digital ads for real estate. And my mother has been a real estate agent for 20 years. I worked with my aunt who was a real estate agent. So I have a lot of exposure in the industry. And as a young person, I am well educated in Facebook and social media and all that stuff. So gave it a shot. And that's kind of where I got my foot in the door with digital marketing. I worked with that company for a few years, growing them kind of from the ground up and learning everything to know about Facebook ads and and social media strategy and everything like that. Um, And then over the years, I kind of transitioned to broader marketing companies and eventually decided to give this thing a shot on my own with all the knowledge that I've learned. And uh, and here we are today. Yeah, it's a bit of a journey. Um, I know it's it's common that, that we find that our generation seems to have those sort of journeys within their career field that they navigate through different aspects before they finally get to where they're a bit more comfortable and maybe not necessarily where they thought they were going to be, but where they ended up. That's actually a conversation I've had a lot recently. And I think it is something that has evolved with our generation now, whereas before it was kind of like, you know, you go to college, you get a good job and you're secure for the rest of your life. And it's not really about fulfillment or happiness. But now it's a lot more uh, acceptable to kind of bounce around until you do find that thing that is fulfilling for you. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm, definitely. Referring back sorry, to the, the ideas behind that digital marketing concept, how important is having a digital presence in today's world? Uh, it's essential. <laughs> Unless you're, you know, a doctor or something like that, then you don't really need it. But when it comes to small businesses or even regular sized businesses, it's absolutely essential to be online, to be on social media. And that's kind of the big thing that we look at with digital marketing is it's a more effective tool for your marketing and under most circumstances. Whereas, you know, you put a billboard out there or you send out flyers and everything like that, your your odds aren't exactly in your favor. But when you have digital marketing, 
it comes with the power to be hyper specific about your audience. And, you know, you're putting your money to somewhere that is going to be more effective rather than just, you know, what's the term throwing spaghetti at a wall and hoping it sticks, right? So it is definitely essential. It's where, you know, the most of the planet is on social media. So it's how we're going to be able to communicate with our audiences to show not only our products and our services, but our personalities as well, which is a massive part of it, especially for our small businesses. And how would you necessarily define the difference between understanding, you know, where it's important to show more the product and where it's more important to show the personality? Or is there a, a ratio that you would see or anything like that? Uh, no, I wouldn't be able to give you a hard and fast answer for that because it does vary circumstantially from business to business, from what your goals are, who you're trying to sell to. Right. So it would definitely I could give you an answer if you were to give me a specific scenario. And that's what I do. I don't have um, a specific target audience with the people I work with. I work with a broad range of different companies, different organizations and people with different goals. And so that's why I don't really have, uh, you know, a set cookie cutter scenario that I give to everyone because everyone is so individual. And that's an important thing to remember, too, is so often it's, you know, you can go on all these online services or things that you kind of just put your money into it and they give you an answer, but it's not going to be specifically tailored to your needs and your specific goals. And that's kind of the difference that I'm trying to accomplish with my business. And like you said, I think our listeners need to know that that part is important. It's realizing that not everything is going to be uniform, not every sort of style or way or there, there's no, you know, cookie cutter option. Like you said, it's it varies depending on what we're doing and how we're doing it and what we want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And kind of to add to that, too, from the perspective of a customer, they can recognize it from a mile away when you are doing something that is scripted or, you know, if it's not your own voice and they can tell, oh, I've seen this exact template on someone else's website. And that's actually a big thing in the real estate industry. So many things are templated. And, and I can say from my mother, who's an agent, and she's wondering, should she go with building her own website? Or should she go with the, the templated website that uh, brokerages offer to their agents? And it depends on your goals, for sure. But I think if you're trying to build your own specific, unique brand, then you need to be unique in that way, too. And that's something to constantly keep in mind, no matter what your strategy is, when you're what no matter what your business is, when you're trying to be successful in business. Mm -hmm. I'd like to also point out, you know, working working in a real estate industry, I do see the the pitfalls of following that cookie cutter style. But again, it's it's great opportunity with the fact that, you know, these these companies do offer these options as a great starting point. When you have, mm -hmm. don't know where you're going and what you're doing, these things are great to start using. But as you continue to grow and build, that's when you start reaching out to people like you to try and help build up their brand. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not trying to put those things down. They mm -hmm. do serve their purpose, right? And they're helpful when you have no other options. But yeah, it's when you're trying to take things to the next level, then you have to consider the strategy as well. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the most common problem that you find you're solving for your clients? Uh, I'd say it is the question of what kind of content to put out there. You know, everyone's wondering, should I be posting at this time of day? Should I post this many times a week? What should I be posting? And the, the first rule that I try to instill in people is that it's about quality, not quantity. So if your goal is to write an article every week or post something three times a week or whatever it is, if it's based on numbers, you're 
unless you're a really organized person and with infinite inspiration coming out of your mind, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure in that sense. And the goal should be to put out quality. And so that's kind of, I mean, I'm not a good example. I haven't even been posting on my own social media for months, but that's because I'm happy with my client base and I'm not trying to grow it right now. But the goal is to post or share or or put out content when you have something of value to share. It shouldn't be that you're posting just for the sake of posting. Because again, you're not adding value. The goal should always be, how can I add value? How can I establish that I am a, a fountain of knowledge in my industry? I'm an industry professional and leader that someone can then recognize that every time this person posts, that's something I can learn from. Not that it's just you know, a real estate agent is showing a picture of a really cool chair that they saw at a staging event, which is fine in certain circumstances. Nothing wrong with that. Share it on your story or something. But if that's coming to you naturally, that's one thing. But if it's something that you're planning on, I have to post at this time of day, but I don't have anything right now. So you're going to be grasping at straws and then post of something that is such low quality content that even the people who are seeing it on the other end can recognize that. And it affects you in so many ways, not just, you know, the way they interpret you, but even when it comes to the social media algorithm and you're not getting the interaction that you're looking for, the algorithm's going to think, oh, this person, not what people want to see. So we'll show it to them less. So there's so many things to consider there, but ultimately quality over quantity is my golden rule. I agree with that concept. I mean, I'm a little, little indifferent in the sense that part of my role is also creating content for our social media feeds. And the biggest thing is that I've been told is, you know, if I can consistently posting, right? It's not necessarily, but again, because, because of the fact that I'm, I'm representing on the brokerage level, my content isn't specific towards generating business the same way. Really what mm-hmm. my role is looking at is creating content that's going to see people who we are, right? They're just, all we're doing is just creating that in your brain, that one opportunity to say, hey, oh yeah, that company's real estate company. Oh, hey, yeah, that company's real estate company. Oh yeah, that's a real estate company, right? That reminder of those kind of concepts. Whereas when, like you said, when you're trying to generate business and you're trying to find your, you know, being that hyper specific and hyper niche and all those concepts, you need to make sure that the content you're putting out there is of value, like you said. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's kind of the point that we should be highlighting here is it depends on your goals, right? Mm -hmm. So if your goals fall into that, then absolutely, by all means, do that. What would you say goes into making an effective rebrand? So if somebody's looking at changing the way they do things or adjusting their story or they're needing to reset their goals, what would you say is important in that? Yeah, that's a good segue when it comes to goals, right? That would be the first thing you want to do is become very, very clear on what your goals are because everything else is going to fall into that. Everything else that follows should be so tightly aligned to your goals that you're being intentional with all the work that you put into it, any money that you're investing. You're not just trying to do everything and or trying to copy what someone else is doing just because they're successful, even if it doesn't align with your goals, right? So number one would be very, very hyper-specific about your goals. And that includes being clear on your target market. So with real estate, it would be nice if we could just go out and say, hey, let's try to sell everyone a house. Unfortunately, that's not how it works because your strategy and the content you put out there is going to have to target a very specific audience. So maybe your audience is based on first-time home buyers or it's seniors who are trying to move out of their home and and downsize or something like that. So being hyper-specific about your audience should be the number one thing that you're considering when you're doing a rebrand. And everything else that follows that should fall into that with your 
verbiage that you use and your design elements and the content that you're writing, the kind of articles that you're putting out there, your social media strategy, even your hashtags, everything needs to be so hyper-specific about that. So as much as we want to make the rebrand about us and making us look how we want to look, it's not about us, right? It's about looking at it from the perspective of our target market and what would be effective for them to see that would make them want to reach out to us. I always find this interesting. I always seem to find a way to link back to a previous conversation that I've had with somebody. I know we just launched another episode today and it's all about the concepts of empathy. And I think that's a key factor is understanding, you know, our client's perspective, the being empathetic towards what they're seeing and what their needs are in order to match how we're branding to them and reaching out to them and communicating with them. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And it's a constantly evolving thing too, right? Based on worldly circumstances or, you know, technology evolution, everything like that. And it's our responsibility to be constantly educating ourselves on that as well, to be up to date with what's happening. Even if you yourself don't fall into the same category as your target market, you need to put yourself in their shoes to understand how they think or what kind of things they would need to know in order to help them succeed. I love it. I love the the ideas, like I said, of the fact that everything always seems to come together and there's all these connection points that always seem to come into place. What would you say are sort of the top three things that you would tell somebody that's trying to build their digital presence in whatever market it may be, just as a general concept, looking at it as an overseeing point? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we touched on a few of them. So definitely the quality over quantity is the, like I said, my number one golden rule. I think it's important to invest some time and potentially money into planning your strategy before you start to activate your strategy, right? So there is definitely an element of figuring it out as you go, but you need to plan upfront as much as you can. And that can include, you know, just coming up with a calendar and even creating the content ahead of time so that you're not scrambling. And that kind of falls into the category of organization as well and self-discipline, which that could be number three, actually. That's a very important thing. And that consistency to be able to continue on your goals and to consistently give that value to your target audience. So if you're going to be constantly coming back to that quality, your actions yourself need to be reflected in that too. So if you're expecting something from someone, you need to be able to also show up in that way for yourself. When you're creating quality content, that needs to be a constant reminder for you. From a personal level too, that could be something that you include into your daily habits and your discipline as a business owner, as a professional, that you can invest in yourself what you want to give back out into the world. So it's not just about financial or on paper gain. It's a personal investment as well. I like that. I find I think it's important that people do realize the fact, like you said, it is it's a personal investment. Like if you're if this is what you're doing, then you need to be sure that this is what you want to be doing. And if it's not, then you need to adjust how you're how you're doing the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because even if you think that you're putting out something great, if you don't enjoy doing it, or if you're not, if you yourself don't even believe in the concepts that you're writing about, but you think you should be writing about it, that's going to be reflected in what you put out into there. And other people will be able to see that or they'll lack the feeling that they need. Because if you're passionate about something, if you intentionally educate yourself on a certain subject, that is reflected in your work. I like that. And I, I like how it actually segues nicely into uh, my next topic. So all who seek happiness, I, I'm intrigued a little bit more about it. I've done some research just to kind of see what what it's about. And I think it's it's an interesting concept in your search for fulfillment, happiness, growth. What did you find? (laughs) 
Uh, it's a funny question because I found a lot of things, but it's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the philosophy that I like to carry through my life as well is that you should be constantly learning. There's no way I've had so many conversations with people who think that they're perfectly content with who they are. They don't need to improve. They don't need to change. But the funny thing is that is so directly reflected in the quality of their relationships or lack of relationships, not just in a romantic sense, either in business and personal and family relationships and everything. So um, I started this project. It's kind of been an, um, a years long process that I finally just kind of put into words. And this ties back into my foundation in, in health and wellness as much as I, I have a passion for that. And it still carries a very significant weight in my life, even if it's not for a career, right? And so I really kind of started earlier last year, and I went through a few life altering events that kind of shifted me into a different perspective and really wanting to focus on my health and my happiness, and how that, like we said, reflects into what we put out into the world, whether it's in business or in our family relationships or romantic relationships or whatever. And I'm constantly trying to learn and grow. And I have a, I have a lot of education as well in mental health. And that's a big part of it too. And the happiness concept and how it relates to business. For me, I have a few controversial views when it comes to that. So I don't believe in the nine to five, 40 hour work week. I think it's completely arbitrary. And there's a lot of evidence to support this as well. And it's a bit of a, a hindrance when it comes to our success and our happiness. Unless you are one of the lucky few who have found something that you are incredibly passionate about, that you get to wake up every day with excitement and go to work and you come home and you're fulfilled at the end of the day. That's the goal, but it's it's a pipe dream for so many of us. But I personally believe there are so many things we can do in our day that can amplify that. And even if we can't change our work circumstances, we can improve them. Um, so whether it's with what you eat, because your your connection with what you eat in your brain is like one of the most significant, impactful things on your overall mental health and wellness, uh, or the exercise you get, you know, um, what kind of things you filter into your life. So the content, I know for me personally, especially when COVID started rolling around, I unfollowed probably 85% of my Facebook friends because there's so much negativity and so many opinions and you have control over what kind of things you can allow into your life and that all impacts your happiness. Uh, but even just on the fact of educating yourself into understanding, you know, we come back to that empathy thing. It might not have to do with you personally, but if you can understand a certain subject, it can help you have more empathy and compassion to someone else's circumstances. And all of these things play a role in our happiness. And I'm ultimately trying to build, you know, all who seek happiness is my own personal journey that I'm trying to document and hopefully educate and encourage other people to go after that too for themselves. From the perspective of where happiness ties into business, we spend so much of our time working. And if it's it's so hard to watch people who go to work. And I know circumstantially, sometimes there's no choice in this and you need to work and you don't have the resources to let you go to a job that is fulfilling and everything like that. So it's really difficult. Um, but for me personally, my goal is that I, I I prioritize my happiness and my health over money. And I can still, you know, I still allow myself to live a life where I can afford the necessities and some luxuries here and there. But 
it comes down to priority as well, where I don't need to drive a fancy car or have name brand clothes or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's just my personal goal. Not only that, but it's such a complicated thing when it comes to, you know, like I said, we talked about earlier about investing in yourself and that which you invest in yourself is what you put out into the world. And so the same can be said when it comes to the, the content you're putting out with the, the services you're putting out there. And even just the impact you have from a person to person basis, we are so influential in each other's lives. You ever have a day where you're feeling so terrible and everything seems to be going wrong. And then one person, a complete stranger on the street can completely turn that around for you just because they smiled at you or said something nice to you. And so these things, we have to keep remembering them and considering them and prioritizing these in our days. And it's not just something we can brush off because it also has long-term effects on us psychologically and from a health perspective as well. And I don't think that health and wellness should be a separate entity from business and success. I think they need to cohabitate because they are so important and both very essential elements in our lives. And we have to consider them both at the same time. So personally, I consider these things and I'm at this point now with my business where I can afford to, where I can pick and choose who I work with, what kind of people I decide to work with, what kind of businesses I decide to work with from a perspective of does this bring me happiness and joy to do it? Because I have spent a lot of time working with or on projects that are draining for me. And at the end of the day, I'm just left zapped. Even if I haven't done a ton of work, I just, you know, it drains you because you're not fulfilled. And these things are so important in everything in our lives. So if you have that ability to be strategic about what you're doing or with whom you're working, then that's fantastic. But if you don't have that ability, then you can try to counteract that with other things through your diet and exercise, through the content that you're consuming, through how you're spending your time intentionally. And it's like, I could ramble on about this forever, how important it is. You know, I'm a business person, but I recognize how important this health and wellness is. And I really want to be able to encourage as many people as possible to take that seriously and to apply it in their lives. I know I try my best too. I mean, I, I look at, I look at the opportunities within, you know, things that I enjoy, um, to try and help counteract the negatives that I have in my life. Cause everybody, anybody that says that they don't have a negative aspect of their life is a liar. Cause there's always something, whether it's, you know, the weather or it's, you know, they've got, uh, uh, somebody that, that they worked with, they don't like, they've got a, it's one part of their job they hate. Everybody's got something. And, and so finding a positive to try and help counteract that, like you said, that sort of finding that balance for me, it's, it's my martial arts training for some people, you know, like you said, it's, it's the exercise, it's the diet, it's the, you know, it could be meditation. It could be anything like that. Something that, you know, brings you back to, to something that you enjoy. I think that raises an interesting point too how you said uh, how we all have something negative in our lives. But some of us have been so conditioned, and it is absolutely a societal perspective that some of these things are just, you have to accept it. It's, mm -hmm. it's negative, absolutely, but you don't recognize it as negative because it's just accepted. You know, you can be treated like shit at work, pardon my language, because it's just accepted and you are subordinate and you have to just put up with abuse. I've put up with workplace abuse and that was actually one of the main things that made me decide to start this thing on my own because it's far too common and far too accepted and you can't even talk about it with someone putting you down for having feelings about it. So my point is to say it's so important to recognize those negative things in your life and not just accept them. 
one of my mm-hmm. least favorite sayings on the planet is it is what it is. And sometimes, yeah, it is what it is. But so often when we say that, it's something that is still in our control, but we're giving up that control by saying that and just accepting this negativity in our lives when it is not what it is. It is in our control and we have the control to change that and to fight back against that and to speak up about it, do whatever is necessary to change those circumstances as long as the intention is good, right? And that's so important to recognize those negative things and for what they are and to do what we can to change them. I like that. Before we end today, I do have three more questions for you that I ask every single guest that I have on the podcast. Just want to make sure, are you ready for these three questions? I don't know. (laughs) What are the questions? Well, you're going to have to find out. Okay, great. (laughs) So what is something you do or use to ensure that you're always striving to work productively? This is something that I have been striving for for years before I worked on my own whether you know i've tried all the things i've read all the books i've done time blocking and organizational methods and i think you have to find what works for you individually so i discovered that for me starting work at a certain time every day caused me so much stress i need to have the freedom unless it's like a scheduled meeting but i need to have the freedom to take my time in the morning and to start work when I feel like I'm ready to start work within reason, obviously, still have a business to run, but to understand what things cause me stress and to work around that. And also to recognize if I need to take a break right now and I'm going to go for a walk, even if it's in the middle of the day, I'm going to drop everything. Because like I said, my health is more important than my work. And if I have a client who gets upset about that, then I'm sorry, but I need to be in tune with my clients and I will always prioritize myself. So I'd say to summarize that it would be to pay attention to those things that trigger me or cause me stress or throw me off from my productivity and to listen to them and work around them. Let that dictate my work. What is one habit that has transformed your life? Definitely like paying attention to the stress is a big one, but the action of what I do after that point is big. And uh, I think actually If I had to say one habit that has been the most transformational for me in every way is breathing exercises. I do a kind of breathing exercise uh, by a man called Wim Hof. It's the Wim Hof method. And it's used by athletes and astronauts. And and it's, it's not that complicated, but it is astronomical in the benefits in my stress levels, but also cardiovascular health, sleep, focus, all of these things. That's a book anyone can read. Wim Hof method, highly recommend. But the breath is so connected to every bodily function that we have, and especially to our stress and anxiety and focus. So that is something that is so important to pay attention to. I know years ago, I used to have pretty severe anxiety, and it took me a long time to realize that it presented itself in my breath. And I was always, you know, couldn't catch my breath. And I was always taking these deep breaths. And I didn't understand why I thought maybe I had heart condition, I was freaking out. But then I learned that, no, this is just anxiety. And it's something that I can control with controlled breathing exercises and paying attention to those cues. And then even if it's just, you know, I I notice that I'm stressed in the moment, I can take five minutes and do a couple cycles of that breathing and bring myself back to center. And that is hugely, hugely impactful. I can't go a day without it. Finally, this is the one that generally most people are stumped with for a little while. If you could write a chapter in the guide to awesomeness, what would the title be? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh boy. It's got to be something to do with happiness and fulfillment. 
maybe something like organize your priorities and your efforts to support your, your happiness and your fulfillment. I think that's a good one. Do you want to give that one to me one more time? <laughs> organize. Just to make sure we didn't miss it. <laughs> so organize your intentions and your efforts so that your happiness and fulfillment is your priority. It's a long chapter title. <laughs> it's a long chapter title, but that's okay. There's always lots of room in the book. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. So just to kind of recap everything, you know, we we talk about the idea of the importance of having a digital presence and making sure that you obviously do if you're if you're in that market that you have clients that are constantly having to see you and understand who you are, you need to be present in in the digital space. And, you know, being real and being who you are, but also making sure that the content that you're giving them has quality to it, right? It's not just putting putting your face out there all the time. It's making sure that they there's value in what they're seeing from you and making sure that if you're you're looking at changing your brand, making sure you're understanding and being empathetic towards your clients to understand how to properly meet their needs and what they're looking for and and making sure that you're you're continuing to grow and continuing to learn and seeking out your happiness and finding what actually makes your life fulfilling because if you're not feeling feeling those feelings then you need to adjust what you're doing. Heidi, I appreciate this conversation. It's been really awesome to see you and hear from you. And I, I hope that you know you continue to learn and continue to grow and continue to find your happiness. And I know I'll be doing the same thing. So I appreciate you being on here today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jonah. It's been great talking with you. Before we end, I'd just like to ask, is there anything you'd like to give just for um, ways that people can reach out to you or find out more about what you do? Uh, yeah, you can find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at uh, Imagine Media Design. I think it's design. <laughs> Imagine Media. And then if you want to look up All Who Seek Happiness, it is All Who Seek Happiness on Instagram and Facebook and the website as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Heidi. Thanks, Jonah. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to keep up to date with the awesome people and awesome things we talk about. This is Jonah reminding you to be awesome today and be even more tomorrow.